Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvie Brennan on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Minas Amolis. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride hey shy hearts it's been a minute but we're back welcome to episode 107 of meet us at molly's tonight we're gonna go way back in the vault way back in the vault we are going to cover the first ever chicago fire chicago pd crossover very very first one so it's chicago fire season two episode 20 entitled a dark day and then it's chicago pd season one episode 12 entitled 8 30 p.m as always i'm one of your hosts my name's gina i'm joined by Brina. hello everybody we've been busy haven't we the past month I know. I, we literally just sat down to record this, and I was like, Gina, I feel like I haven't seen you in so long, even though we don't see each other in the same room physically, but you know what I mean. I was like, I haven't seen you in so long. I know. It's been, what, two weeks since ATX now? Three. Three? Almost three. Goodness. Almost three, yeah. It went so quickly. I know. It always does. But it, but it's been a while since we've recorded an actual episode, as in, like an episode where we've recapped fire pd or med yeah i know it's crazy so so crazy yeah um if you guys haven't gone back to listen episode 106 was great we recorded it live from atx festival in austin texas we had us weekly's emily longaretta join us she's the newest friend of the pod we had a blast with her she was so much fun uh definitely oh the best the absolute best go back and listen if you haven't it was so much fun we had a great chat um yeah so i mean atx was fantastic i think otherwise we've just been doing life things um yeah i watched a bunch of pd reruns on oxygen the other night and just kind of sat there and was like i miss them but it's about (laughs) it yeah yeah so we decided to jump in with the first crossover but as always we start with the news and we've got a little bit of news for hiatus this is a lot of news a lot lot. yeah yeah Okay, so first things first, we have our premiere dates. So as you're listening to this, get those planners out, maybe pull up your eye calendar, however you need to mark important dates. Wednesday, September 25th, September 25th, season premiere night, Med, Fire, PD. We're sticking with the usual one Chicago Wednesday, but Wednesday, September 25th, mark those calendars important day so excited so excited i know but it's crazy that we've still got something like just under three months of wednesdays left without it i know it's crazy but if you guys are going to the chicago heroes event this is a cool thing because it's happening the wednesday after you get back so you'll have hung out with the stars all weekend and then two days later you'll be on a high still from the con trust us you will be and then the shows will return it's very cool that's gonna be pretty awesome yeah, the timing's great. So. so great, so great. And by the way, make sure that if you don't have your tickets to the Chicago Heroes event, the final Chicago Heroes event, go ahead and do that because they're selling out quick and you don't want to miss yeah. that opportunity to look Taylor Kinney right in the eyes. I know I don't. <laughs> Get on that. Yeah. Elsewhere, we got a piece from TV Line probably a couple days, maybe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. It might have been longer. I don't know. Basically, yeah. I mean, my brain exploded. Brian, I know yours probably didn't because you still haven't watched FBI. <laughs> but 
basically Dick Wolf is plotting a crossover between FBI on CBS and SVU and one Chicago. This is like the crossover of my dreams. Okay, but don't get your hopes up quite yet, though. Because as you read the article, it's he's plotting it. It hasn't been... The, CBS and NBC are open to the idea. It's not been confirmed. And according to TV Line, it says, Wolf has not decided whether the potential crossover will involve FBI or its forthcoming spinoff as FBI Most Wanted. And then the show that is ultimately chosen, chosen will likely cross paths with NBC's Chicago PD or Law & Order SVU. So the key word here is or. So my take is that it seems like it's going to be FBI slash FBI Most Wanted or PD or SVU. Like it's not going to be all three. It's probably going to be FBI and SVU because they both take place in New York. That's a bummer. But that's not yeah, going to stop but me. But it's still a, still a possibility. Man, that's a bummer the more I think about it. Because I have a list of headcanons about FBI and PD that... Just spurts them out right now. ...are just fantastic. Okay, so let's start off with OA from FBI. Okay, so... Oa was in the military. He and Jay would bond, like, instantly. They would share war stories. It would be awesome. I can already see the scene at Molly's where Oa and Jay and maybe even Dr. Choi are just, like, shooting the shit over beers and talking about their time in the military. <laughs> would be great. Also, I could absolutely 110% see Oa and Burgess having some sort of flirtation. Yes. I said it. Listen. If the writers are not going to give us Burzik, at least put her with somebody that we know and trust, right? I love OA. If you watched FBI, you would love him as well. But That's Zico Zaki's character, isn't it? Correct. Okay. Yes, correct. Yeah. He and He's Burgess, easy on the eyes, for sure. Oh, 110% easy on the eyes, yes. Yes, I want to meet him, for sure. But yeah, so OA and Burgess would probably have some sort of flirtation. I would imagine it ending in some form of long distance texting. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I've thought these things through before. Don't judge me. Um, elsewhere, the girl power. Okay, we've got to talk about the girl power. So on FBI, you've got Maggie and you've got Kristen. Unfortunately, Celia Ward's character has left, which is a bummer. However, Maggie and Kristen. Kristen is in the academy on her way to becoming an FBI agent. On the flip side of that, on PD, you've got Burgess and Upton. Kristen on FBI is like the brains of the operation, okay? These episodes do not happen without Kristen. She's like the genius behind the computer. And so the four of them together would be incredible. I know, Brian is laughing at me, but I, I've thought this through. I mean... It's so cute, though. Like, you're getting so passionate. I hope it hurt, works out just for your sake. I really want it to work out because, like, I've definitely thought about this. But anyway, so yeah, Maggie, Kristen, Upton, and Burgess would be amazing. I could absolutely see Maggie doing some, like, ridiculously badass takedown like she does. And then Kristen just looking at Upton and Burgess and just being like, we call that Monday. Like, whatever. No big. Yeah. Elsewhere, because I'm not done. You've got Jubal, okay? Jubal's the Void on FBI. He's the Void of it all. And so Jubal with Void, and I, I would have to imagine Jubal being with Void and Olivia to kind of like offset that, because I think Void would scare the shit out of Jubal. Jubal would be like, he's intense. He's crazy. I'm going to just sit here in the corner with my pencil and do my thing. So I think he would need Olivia there to kind of be the buffer between them. But it would be awesome. I'm just saying. I think that's all the headcanons I have. But 
So nobody for Ruzik and Atwater to hang out with? No, not really, because, I mean, it's, it's a smaller cast on that show, right? So, I mean, Kristen could, I could see Kristen kind of bonding with Ruzik and Atwater, because, like, she's a freaking genius, but she's actually, she's also pretty fun. Although we don't really know what kind of agent she's going to be, because she's, or she's not a field agent, basically, but she basically got into the Academy towards the end of the season. So, there's a lot of So boys. she's like the Ruzik of their group. More of an adult? No, but, like, in terms of the path to the Academy. Like, Academy, it just kind of, like, automatically is dropped into everything. Yeah, I mean, she's, I think she's already an agent, just not a field agent. I, the FBI works a little differently, but, I mean, every episode, I'm always singing Kristen's praises. Because, again, she's the brains behind the operation. She sits behind the computer and is like, I found this piece of intel that led to this, that led to that, which means your suspect is in this location. So, basically, without her, Maggie and Oa have no clue what the fuck to do. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I need this crossover if you couldn't tell. I need it. <laughs> Dick Wolf, please make Gina's day. Please. Make Dick this Wolf. happen between Wolf FBI and PD. Watch it be, though, like, watch it be, like, FBI Most Wanted and SVU. Like, something we don't actually care about. I know. Admittedly, I have not watched that backdoor pilot for FBI Most Wanted. I need to get on it. I haven't done it yet, but I will. It's got a good cast. Kellen Lutz is in it. I couldn't really tell you yeah. who else, but there are other people of note. Uh, okay, the point is, I need this crossover, and I also need Bryna to watch season one of FBI. But we're still working on the best way to do that. I will get around to it at some point in life. I did not say anything to the effect of rushing you into doing it. I just think that you should, because <laughs> I think it is a very good show. You and Tamara peer pressured me into Veronica Mars, so, you know. Yeah, we were right. Yeah, you were totally right. By the way, we need to talk about that, okay? Veronica's back with Duncan, and what the hell? I thought you didn't buy season two yet. I did buy season two. Are you kidding? I can't wait till July 1st. <laughs> okay, we'll talk after. Goodness. Ugh. Okay, now that I've blabbed about the crossover that I so greatly need, Bryna, please shut me up and take us through the next piece of news. Yeah, so the last kind of thing is kind of all lumped together, but we've gotten a bunch of deleted scenes since the shows went off air. Mm -hmm. I mean, all for PD, because PD's the only one that ever seems to do deleted scenes, but a bunch from PD. Um, and granted, most of them are uh, not of anything important, hence why they got cut. Um, like, one was Atwater and Burgess questioning a kid carrying drugs, like, Again, nothing important, but, like, love when Bergewater works together because they're the best. Yes. Um, the other one was, like, Voight and Ruzik trying to get intel from a drug dealer. Again, not really important, but cool to see. Yes. The other one I think that the only one that is of some kind of importance is there's a scene where Ruzik and Upton are talking about Jay, and it's clearly right after the big crossover, so probably episode three would be my guess. Um, because they're talking about like Haley not knowing what to do, how to like act around Jay after he's gone through Papa Halsa dying, and apparently Papa Halsa didn't show up to Jay's police graduation because he didn't approve of Jay becoming a cop, which doesn't surprise me. But things of note, but also um, makes no sense. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't surprise me though, and something that we learned about the Halsa family, but got cut out. Because that's just how things go, apparently. God. I think this was so, in the crossover, yeah. though. 
like not that it made the crossover but i think this was supposed to be part of the crossover like i think this was part of 602 like after jay got shot no this would this would have been the med portion of the crossover is what i'm thinking because ruzik says at one point ruzik's like if jay wants to stay you know trust him he's fine yeah i had that of note too interesting I don't know, but it's somewhere, point being, it's somewhere around the crossover time, because it's, like, right after Halstead, Papa Halstead died. I also think if they had kept this in, the end would have made way more sense when she cried after he was shot, and she was like, I thought he was dead. I think that would have made a lot more sense instead of it coming up out of nowhere and us being like, oh, oh, I see those feelings. That just happened. Right, like, oh, hey, she actually cares and, like, wants to do right by him because they're actually friends. Wow, shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's the only one that we've gotten of like actual somewhat importance. Um, But I always love scene deleted scenes. And I, again, always think it's weird that we only ever get PD scenes. Have we, on occasion we've gotten some med ones. Have we ever gotten a fire one? I don't think we have. Yeah, we've on occasion gotten some med ones, but even those are like pretty scarce. Yeah. These PD ones, I mean, we basically be getting a PD one every week. If so. you're out there, powers that be, keep them coming, please. Because we yeah, enjoy. Not that we're complaining. No. We like deleted scenes of any kind, any show. I mean, if you wanted to release them every day, we'd be cool with that. We love that. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to make this in every week till we come back, I think I'm also okay with that. We're cool with that because we love to talk about them. So, you know, help us help you. It'll ensure we always have news all summer long. It's true. It is true. That's about all we've got on the news, though. So as always, you guys are really good about sending us things and letting us know. But if you see anything, please let us know. Tweet us, email us, send snail mail, paper airplane. You guys know the drill. And you're really good about sending us things. But yeah, meet us at mollies at gmail.com. You know the drill. You're good at these things. But yeah, I think that's about all we've got for the news. You know, it's hiatus. Things are a little slower than usual. But yeah, I think it is time to jump into the episode. What do you think? Let's do it. I'm so excited. Episodes, plural, I should say. I'm excited. I know. I I am too. So once again, this is the very, very first Chicago Fire, Chicago PD crossover. So Fire 220, PD 112. So we're going way back in the vault to like 2013. It's crazy. I didn't jot down the original air date. I should have. 2014. Was it 14? Yeah, PD didn't air till January of 2014. It was a spring show. Oh, you're right. Because it only had 15 15 episodes, 14 episodes, but it was like only had a few. It's crazy. So long ago. Yeah, so this was spring of 2014. I don't know what the exact date was, but it was spring of 2014. Okay, so if you have heard us hate on Med before, which I know you have not Med the show, like Med the hospital, okay? You know, we've repeatedly said that it's like the least safe hospital ever. We've always joked around that that first bombing was at Lakeshore. We were incorrect. We are at Med. I have so many things to talk. Okay. This is so awkward, though, considering I'm pretty sure all of those doctors were definitely associated with Lakeshore before Med, I'm saying that in quotes, Med became an actual show, or at least like 99% sure that they were. At least Kendra was. Kendra was definitely a Lakeshore doctor before she happened to be at Med. I think these are doctors that if they are at med, they just work on other floors. Like they're not in the ED and that's why we don't see them ever. 
Right. But I'm saying that, like, because we definitely had seen Will Height. We definitely had seen Kendra before. Mm -hmm. And I want to say even after this, we may have seen Dr. Arata once or twice more. I don't think we ever saw Holly again. But, like, Will Height and Kendra, I'm 99% sure, were associated with Lake Shore before this episode. I'm... I think you're completely correct. I think Arata was associated with Lake Shore too. That's what I'm saying. It's like Holly Holly was new and only ever was seen in this, but I'm pretty sure the other three were definitely associated with Lake Shore, which is why I just always assume that this was Lake Shore. I mean, is it not this the type of thing where doctors have privileges at multiple hospitals? I really don't think that's as common as the thing is like TV makes it seem like. You don't think? I mean, not in my world, that's not. Like, your dad only practices at one hospital? He can't go to another one? No. I mean, unless, like, yeah, no. <laughs> I was going to try to think of an example where he would ever have gone to, like, Martinsville, which is, like, the closest one. Um, and I can't think of any example of him ever have gone to Martinsville for anything. Hmm. Ever. Mystery. No. So, I, I mean, it could be a thing, and it may be more common at, like, universe, like, in bigger cities. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, I really don't think it's as common as the thing as, like, TV makes it seem. Yeah. Interesting. But then also, like, it'd be weird that, like, why are all of them there at the same like, – they just all happen to be at the different hospital. I mean, I guess that's TV, but, like, come on now. I <laughs> – Every time I think that I've started to learn something about the medical profession from TV, I also realize, like, oh, wait, I know nothing about the medical profession, and TV is probably not a good way to learn about it. You know. Yes. But yes, Bowdoin confirms in the opening scene that we are at med, because Casey and Dawson have gone to run registration for the charity race at med. So, that's cleared up. We've been wrong this whole time. Our bad. But I stand by what I said originally. Med is still a really not safe hospital. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Lakeshore is not that much better. I just don't think it's ever blown up. <laughs> but it's still not that great. <laughs> still not that great. No, no, not that safe. But yes, yeah, so not only that, but we we start the episode with Herman. And Herman has passed the lieutenant's exam, but he's not quite a full-fledged lieutenant yet. Right. But he's taking over for Casey on truck because Casey is not there and he's like freaking out over the fact that Bowden's entrusting him to like be acting lieutenant and it's just like oh look how far we've come so far I know I know and Herman's like you gotta give me warning and it's oh Herman you're so small and so little and like now he does it with ease and it's just like yeah it's so cute so great so great but yeah so elsewhere at the race Burgess meets Casey, and this is one of the first instances of the characters crossing over. This is one of the very first times we see PD and Med interact, and so it's just interesting. I don't know. But yeah, Burgess meets Casey, and we meet Burgess's niece, Zoe. Yep. Yeah. So Burgess tells... No, Gabby tells Casey. Gabby tells Casey, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, she just says, she's like, oh, she's part of the team that got Diego back. Oh, solid casual tvc diego yeah yeah casual season one episode two reference um back before all of antonio's kids got kidnapped but yes 
<laughs> Goodness. But yeah, the, the Burgess and Casey scene, it's some of the first crossover action we ever see. I mean, I think before that we had gotten some Linzeride, we'll get to, because that was, that was going on. Um, but this was the first time to see other characters aside from those two interact. So it was really interesting. I don't know. Well, I mean, technically we had had the whole Jay and Gabby thing, and we had had the whole Voight and Casey stuff. Oh, you are correct. You are correct. This shows I mean, how... Like we- and Antonio. I mean, like, the whole character of Antonio. That's true. It's, this was so long ago, and I think we just got so used to these things happening that... I don't know. It just... I, it didn't phase me. I, I mean, was like, Gabby and Jay, whatever. Although, Gabby and Jay, technically, PD had not happened yet. Yeah, I mean, technically, if you want to throw that in there, then the Voight stuff, too. But, like, still... It had been, when Jay appeared on fire, it was announced that, like, PD was a show. Mm-hmm. Like, he was going to be on PD. Hmm. Good point. Still, I mean, I think still to this day, when you see characters from the other shows that don't often interact, it stands right. out. So seeing Burgess right. and Casey, I mean, it was yeah, like, oh. We, right, yeah, we don't ever see Burgess and Casey, even today, like, hardly ever interact. So, right. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But still. Still pretty cool. I remember that episode when Ruzik and Casey interacted and we were all just like, this is a friendship I could like. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But we also meet Holly Whelan. Um, she is a new pediatrician who just moved to town from New York. And we also meet her sister, Imogen. Couple things here. So we never see Holly after this crossover. She's just one and done. Um, also, her sister... Her sister's nine, and she's a pediatrician. That's like yeah. A- and have you? I, I brought this up later in the outline, but like, have you the scene with her parents? Like, her parents look like they could be her siblings. Yeah, I noticed that throughout the episode. I was like, this is a little odd. Not judging, just the casting's off. It's weird. Yeah, it's yeah. It was a little weird, but yeah, we Holly's just one and done. She's in this episode, and then she never comes back. I don't know. But yeah, you made a good so, point with the outline here. Go ahead. Yeah, so she's a pediatrician. Was she supposed to be Natalie before Natalie? I don't think Med was even a thought at this time, though. Right. I think they were just kind of maybe toying with the idea. Like, oh, let's test it out and, like, see how this would go. And then we can, like, actually form a pilot. Because the backdoor pilot for Med doesn't even happen... This is the end of season two, like, for a whole nother season. Right. But, like, still, in theory, in theory, this would be the Natalie before the, like, Natalie. Like, mm-hmm. Natalie wouldn't exist if Holly had still been a character on Med. Right. I don't think. Right. Interesting. But, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, I just, I thought about that, and I was like, pediatrician. I wonder if she's, I wonder if she's supposed to be the, like, Connor, I don't, whatever, I'm making stuff up now. We can move on. The minute I heard that she moved from New York, I was like, I wonder if she knows Will. But I wonder if she hooked up with Will. Maybe. There's a headcanon. Oh, I have a Holly headcanon I'll get to later. But oh, and it's good, we'll, too. <laughs> we'll go on. Love it. I love it. So Casey goes to talk to Dawson. He sees Imogen and Zoe running. They've got balloons or whatever. He's like, hey, that looks fun. And the most ginormous, crazy boom ever happens. I remember that when this episode happened, Derek posted the script page, which we all know is Gina's favorite. 
and the word boom went across like the whole length of the page. It was cool. That's so cool. But yeah, so I yeah. mean, everything explodes. Med goes boom. And it's massive chaos. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. about the only no, way to describe it. Well, and it was interesting. I was trying to find just like, because I wasn't watching back then. Mm -hmm. So I was just trying to like Google and see like what kind of interviews and things I could find. Because it's like the first ever crossover. I figured there'd be a lot more than there actually was. Maybe I didn't search hard enough, but like I could not find a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And there, but I did find an interview with Lynn or with Sophia Bush and I think it's TV line, TV. Yeah. TV line. And she was talking about how apparently this was inspired by Oklahoma City bombing. And it's just so interesting because now I'm like, I was in Iraq, or I don't remember Oklahoma City. Like, I was not, like, that's not something that crossed my mind. But, like, I related. I'm like, oh, yeah, this kind of reminds me of, like, Austin, with Austin City, like, the stuff from last year. Um, and so I just thought that was interesting. Do, do, do you know why you don't, you weren't aware of Oklahoma City? Do you know why? Because I wasn't even alive yet. Yeah, because it, it happened in 94 and you were born after yeah. that. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that dawned on me when you when I saw that in the outline. I was like, "Oh man, Bryna wasn't even born yet. That's crazy." It was not. Uh, it was yes. not. I just remember being young and like not fully understanding the grasp of what had happened. Even seeing the images on the news about Oklahoma City, I was just I was too young to like fully absorb what was happening. But I've been to the memorial and That's- it's beautiful and chilling in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, that was me with 9-11, too, which is something else. I mean, granted, it wasn't bombs, but, like, something else that I guess could have inspired this. Um, But I was, like, too young to really remember. That's crazy. Yeah, I was six. I was in high school. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, so (laughs) our experiences are probably completely different. But, yeah, that's, I mean, and it's pretty reminiscent. I mean, if you look at the outside of the hospital versus, you know, you can see where the inspiration came from. Well, yeah, and they said they were talking about, you know, they were really responding, not I mean just from the bombing itself, but, like, the first responders and, you know, how the first responders reacted in, to those kind of incidents. Yeah. Um, which I just thought was interesting and something, again, I wouldn't have really even thought about or known about had I not tried to go search for interviews and stuff. Again, also kind of surprising that I couldn't really find a bunch of interviews. I figured for the first crossover there would have been a ton of stuff, but there was not a lot. Interesting. Again, maybe I didn't search the right terms, but, like, still, there's not a lot. Interesting. Huh. Huh. What is also interesting is when 51 rolls up to the scene, and it's not until Bowden mentions Gabby that they realize that she's in the rubble. Casey, like, legit forgets about her. Yeah, like, thank God for Bowden. Right. Right. Because Bowden's like, well, where's Dawson? And you see Casey's face just be like, oh, Oh, shit. shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so like my girl is not here so that happens Casey casually forgets about her but you know yes thank god for Bowden otherwise they'd be like hmm aren't we missing someone crazy but yeah so while that's happening Mills and Cruz stay back to look for a potential second bomb so out of nowhere we go from like yeah we're gonna fight this it's not a fire but like we're gonna do firefighter things to oh hey mills and Cruz, can you go be bomb techs for a little bit huh? yeah we gotta wait for the bomb unit and we don't really have time to do that so go be bomb techs cool yeah yeah so it's actually 
that actually ends up pretty cool. We'll talk about that in a minute. But so that yeah. happens. Mills and Cruz become bomb techs. Dawson's in the rubble. Nobody seems to have remembered. Thank God for Bowden. Also, our girl Shay is casually impaled. So we're just off to a great start in this crossover. Pour some out. (laughs) This is kind of unfortunate how this happens, too, because she's literally just walking and like something falls in front of her and it makes her trip and she just goes right into the rebar. Not. Yeah. Not pleasant. It's not pretty. No, no. And again, I'm not usually a squeamish person, but like when she gets up off the metal and I think Holly's the one who's like, are you okay?" She's like, yep, good. Just a scratch. Rafferty. 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 Correct. Yes. TBT Rafferty. Oh, man. Another throwback. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, there's like casual blood just dripping off the rebar. Like no big deal. This is not disgusting at all. Yeah. And the fact that she's just like, oh, yeah, it's just a little scratch. I'm good. Let's keep going. It's just like, huh? Shay. Girl. So she basically spends the whole episode like running around doing Shay things, but she's also like bleeding profusely out of this wound as the episode goes on. So the final scene of the the fire portion, she basically walks past the Birdwaters and collapses. But if you really look at the scene, and this is something that really got me, or by got me, I mean it made me laugh. So if you go back and watch the scene when she hits the ground, there is a nurse over Burgess's shoulder who does nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> she just stands there. It's, I love it. I, it's really funny. I'll I'll have to see if I can screen cap it and post it because I got a kick out of that. I was like, wait, but what? <laughs> you gotta look but i i got i got a good kick out of that that was that was pretty funny but yes so that's that's the whole shay thing is like she spends the whole episode just really injured and like bleeding profusely and then she collapses in the very last scene of the fire portion but poor shay yeah a girl <laughs> so elsewhere because i mean again this episode is chaos there's like six different storylines happening at the same time which is usually yeah, insane but in this case i like it because it keeps you really captivated but yeah so 51's going around. They're trying to save people. Casey sees a guy trying to basically take a patient out of the hospital. So the side of this hospital is completely shorn off. And these walls are exposed to, like, the outside world. It's just like, hello, this is a hospital room. And these people are trying to stretcher this patient out of the room and down the bare hallway that is, again, exposed to the outside world. So Casey's like, what the fuck are you doing? So it turns out... He's an ambassador from Syria to the U.S., and he's really important, apparently. I don't know. But yeah, so later on, Dr. Arata, quick assessment. He does a quick assessment of the Syrian ambassador, and it turns out that he's dead. So stretching him out of that room did absolutely nothing. Yeah, and that comes back in later, but we'll get there. It does. It does. All right, Brenda, take over for a little bit. Yeah, please. So after they're doing this, Casey finally just has this moment and he's just like, fuck it. I'm going under the debris. I got to find Gabby. Like, you know, has this moment. And so Casey's going to do that. And Seb basically has another moment. And Seb's like, fuck this. I'm going to go in and make sure my BFF gets out alive. Because, duh. Iconic Savasi moment. (laughs) So good. And like one of my favorite exchanges between the two of them happens like when they're under this. Like, Severide says, Casey, if you don't find a space big enough to turn around, we're going to have to do this backwards. And Casey's like, I know. And Severide's like, well, that might not be the smartest course of action. And Casey's like, you're going to be smart about this now. And then Severide just, like, pauses for a moment. And he's like, nah, keep going. I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. It's so good. I love them so much. They really Um, are BFF goals. They really are. 
like literally the whole thing Casey's like fuck it I'm going in after Gabby and Severed's like fuck this I'm going in after Casey and it's just like so good and I love how it was so unspoken too like Casey was like I'm going in and Severide said nothing and just followed him it was just completely unspoken yeah. like well if you're going I'm going like what right like someone has to look after you you're gonna look after Gabby but I have to look after you I love it so much yeah it's great so these two go underground and start looking for Gabby. Meanwhile, elsewhere, Mills and Cruz are on bomb tech duty, and they end up finding a second bomb in a car like they thought they might. And so when Mills radios in to tell Bowden that they found the second bomb, there's this moment that I thought was just so good, such good acting from um, Eamon. And Bowden, like, has this moment where he, like, briefly closes his eyes, and it's, like, fuck, I didn't want to be right, but I am. And, like, to me, that's just something that's always stuck with me about these episodes. I don't know why, but it's just, like, a quick moment. He just, like, closes his eyes for, like, one brief second and then, like, opens them and, like, keeps going. Um, but that's something that's, like, always stuck with me. I love those um, moments when, like, nothing is said, but you t- but you know exactly what they mean. Yeah, it's like he's just like, fuck, I didn't want to be right about this, but, like, I am, and we got to do something about it. And it's just, a, like I said, a quick moment, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, hey, Gina, remember that time Mills disarmed a bob? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I do, Bryna. Um, that was a little crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, but of course, like one thing of bomb tech training at the Academy and Mills is good to go and does it flawlessly. Because that's how this works, right? <laughs> Apparently in Fireworld it does. You know what I did read? Um, um, I was playing around on the internet the other day because, you know, everything on the internet is true. Duh. But I read something that basically said that the whole thing, if, if Mills really truly knew what he was doing, they would not have had their radios even in the vicinity while trying to disarm the bomb. Because, like, the frequencies could have disrupted something. So, right. apparently, that was, like, a wild inaccuracy. So the internet says. I don't know. But I just thought that That's was interesting. interesting. They were like, yeah, they were like, he, he wouldn't have had his radios anywhere near the bomb. Yeah. Interesting. Um but one thing that's funny about the scene is so like the whole time Bowden's like trying to step in and literally at one point Mill says he's like, Chief, respectfully, shut up. <laughs> like, let me do this I so it. I can focus and do this without anybody getting hurt. It's so that. good. But he does eventually yeah. step in to disarm the bomb himself. Bowden does. Right. Casually. Which is admirable AF. Yeah. Just I like you can definitely tell that Mill's has been around Severide. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, he's just got so much Severide coursing through his veins. It's not even funny. Yeah, Mills Mills was like the OG character who really looked up to Severide. He really wanted to be Severide. And now that Mills is gone, I mean, that's 100% Cruz. Cruz looks up to him so much. But not even to the same way that Mills does, like, or that Mills did. Because, mm-hmm. right, like, Mills came into 51, like, fresh-eyed like didn't know anything I mean didn't know anything besides what he'd been taught in the academy like you know and what he had learned from his father but like Cruz at least had worked with Casey had like worked with Severide so like yeah he looks up to Severide but it's not in the same way that Mills did right right Mills just wanted to be Severide right Cruz just admires Severide yeah which I mean how could you not we get it I think everyone does (laughs) um yeah same but yeah so that's happening in a one age or one set. Somewhere else, so basically, 
Zoe and Imogene's Imogen, whatever her name, Imogene, Imogen, whatever. Um, they both get hurt. Imogen at first seems to be okay. Um, but Zoe is not. And, you know, Dr. Arata comes in and starts looking at her and basically ends up telling Kim that Zoe has a crushed liver and is bleeding internally and needs surgery. And Kim is, of course, freaking out because Zoe is not her kid. You know, it's her sister's kid. She's just watching her. And so her sister and her husband are somewhere, God knows where. Her parents are not around or in town, whatever. So, like, it's just Kim. And Kim has no idea what to do. Like, she probably would have known what to do if she had a sore throat. But, like, not this. Mm -hmm. This is, like, obviously life or death. And so Dr. Harada asked her at one point, he's like, do you have authority to give consent? And Burgess is like, consent? Like, I don't know. And then literally before she can say anything else, he's like, good enough for me. That's, that's, it's just like that's not how consent works, Doctor Arata. No, right. It's just like so. Doctors in Chicago men have always been violating HIPAA and other laws. Cool rules. What are those? We don't need any rules. But like, always been violating HIPAA, mm-hmm. like casually. Okay, Very good casual. to know. Although in this instance, I mean, I would think Kim's consent would count. It's just that Kim didn't explicitly grant consent. Say anything. That's yeah. That's that's but not. No, I don't. I don't know if it would have. I mean, maybe. I don't know, though. Like, I'm sure if it had been written somewhere that, like, Kim was watching her and, you know, temper, like, you know, she can make medical decisions and, like, her parents had signed a piece of paper, yeah, then that probably would have worked. But, like, I don't know. It might not have. I don't know what the rules are for that. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, for all they know, but for all, because, like, for all they know, without some kind of proper documentation, like, Kim could have stolen Zoe. Like, <laughs> they don't know that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which is, like, an extreme example, but, like, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Because, yeah. I think it's been a couple years, but I think if I remember correctly, when, like, if other people wanted to bring kids into, like, our office because, like, parents couldn't make it or something... Like, we had to have some kind of, like, documentation or they had to be on their HIPAA sheet. Hmm. So, like, if, like, my, like, you know, like, if a grandma had wanted to bring in her granddaughter because her mom was at work, like, it's okay, but, like, it had to be, like, written somewhere or, like, on a HIPAA sheet or something. I also have questions about this injury with Zoe because, like, literally she gets, I mean, yeah, so she gets thrown in the blast or whatever, but her only injury is that her liver got squished? Like, I guess so. Wouldn't there be other injuries? I guess it's just from where she, the way she landed. Like, I'm sure she's bruised, but, like, I guess it's just from the way she landed? Question mark? I don't know. <laughs> uh, possibly. I I mean, I don't know. I, I just Googled crushed liver. It didn't go very well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot. Google's like, what is wrong with you? Like, what are you doing? I, I, I don't know. It just seemed like a really random injury to me. Yeah. I didn't even think about that till now, but yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, your liver's, like, really in there, isn't it? It's not the kind of, like, if there's, like, an outside impact, it's gonna... I would think your liver's, like, sort of protected, no? Again, this is why I... But, Gina, they got thrown from a blast of a bomb. Right. Like, this isn't you just, like, you know, falling down something and, like, you know, like, they got thrown around you know, thrown back into the air. That is true. And they're only nine, so I'm sure they got, like, you know, they're tiny, so. Right, they go far. Okay, okay. 
It still yeah. just seems like a random I mean, injury. No, like, and what do you think about it too? Like, Imogene's injuries don't really make a ton of sense either, but like. I think her injury makes more sense though. I, I mean, guess, but like, does it still make like the world's most sense either? I mean, med is many things, but it is not often full of things that make complete sense. <laughs> yeah. So, Zoe gets the surgery that she needs. And Arata comes out and basically tells Kim that she's stable, but she's getting worse and, like, she needs a liver transplant. So then he gets this idea to take the newly free liver from the dead ambassador because he was going to have a liver transplant, coincidentally enough. Um, And he's going to use it for Zoe. Okay, wait, I have another question. I have another question. I have seen the season two finale of Grey's enough times to know that that is not how this works at all. Right? What do you mean? It's been a little bit since I've seen the season two finale of Grace. Even if there's an explosion and the circumstances are dire, you can't just run in, grab the organ, and be like, okay, this is for somebody else now that guy is dead. Like, there's a list. Yeah, I guess theoretically, like, because his guys are there, they're like, oh, yeah, that's direct donation. Duh. But I don't know. He just runs in, grabs the liver, and is like, no explanation. Just like, boom! That's, no. Because there's direct donation, right? So, like, you can, I I guess, circumvent the list if you do direct donation, which is what happens later when Imogene dies. Um, But, like, so I'm assuming that's their, like, thing. It's like, well, his guys were still here, so, like, and they said that we could directly donate it. I like how Arata just assumes consent in all situations or consume, like assumes permission. Right. And he's just like the OG. So you would think that he would be the one like totally against that. <laughs> but apparently not. Could you imagine like he and Natalie working together? Oh my God. Natalie was probably his resident or something. There's a headcanon. <laughs> There's a real headcanon right there. For real. <laughs> That's funny. Um, But yeah. So, of course, though, he goes and gets his lever and he opens it up in the OR and something happened to it in the explosion. So it's unuseful. Because, of course, it is. Another one that it's like, what, how? Huh? But again, it could be a million things. Well, that would make sense. I mean, that would make sense. Like, it's out of a refrigerator or, you know, like, got thrown around. It's a liver in a bag. Right. Like, that makes more sense. Okay. Um, yeah. But anyway, so then Imogene also starts seizing kind of out of nowhere. She was fine at first and then starts seizing. And so who of all people comes to look at her but Alec Wilhite? Alec! There's someone who we used to see... Not on a regular basis, but definitely on a more semi-regular basis for the yeah. first little bit. He's someone I wish could have stuck around. I, I'm about to give you a great headcanon, too, so, like... Do it. Give the people what okay. they deserve. So, Alec comes in and starts looking at Imogene and basically decides, like, yo, Imogene needs, like, surgery. Like, she needs major surgery. And so, Holly's like... Panicking, of course, because this is her sister and her parents aren't around. So Holly's freaking out. 
And Alec, the way Alec tells Holly, he's like, I'll do this. And he, like, looks at her, like, right in the eyes as he says this. Got me thinking. Okay. So if this was supposed to be, like, Med, and they actually became characters on Med, I have a feeling this could have been a great ship. Yes. Because, like, okay, like, go back. If you go back and watch the scene, the way he says it, like, he literally looks her right in the eyes. And, like, think about it. They're both coming together. I mean, I'm a, again, I'm about to spoil this episode if you haven't seen it. But um, imaging dies. And so Holly's obviously going to be dealing with tragedy. Alec lost Jules. So he's still recovering. Like, it could have been, you know, a great story. Coming together, finding love after tragedy. They would have been kind of, I feel like, the Will and Natalie of this. Again, Natalie, the pediatrician. Holly, the pediatrician. Will and Alec. I just feel like that would have worked. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like this could have been a much more tame version of Will and Natalie that I could have so gotten on board for. I would have been here for that. Right? Like, it think it works so well once you start thinking about it. I mean, and it would have lent itself to a lot of good storylines. I mean, because, you know, Alex got the two kids. So, I mean. Oh, my God. I didn't even think, right, I didn't even think about that comparison, too. And that way, he's kind of also like Natalie because Natalie lost her husband overseas mm-hmm. and Alex just lost his wife in battle or in combat here, but still, diff- you know, on out in the field, whatever. Can, <laughs> like, here's a qu- trivia terms. question, though. Can you name the Wilhite children? I can picture them. I can't. I don't know if I can name them. Can you name them? The girl is Emmy, and the boy I'm fairly certain is Liam. Liam sounds right. Now I'm going to look this up just to be sure, but I, I'm I'm 100 sure about Emmy, and I'm like, but yeah, 95 so sure Alec about and Liam. Holly would have been a great ship. They really would have. I'm like, I mean, not that this is ever going to happen. Like ever ever gonna happen but like I kind of wish this could happen now forever wondering like somewhere what in my world somewhere in my brain this is just this exists it's a really Alec good got a happy ending. yeah thank you I like thank to imagine you. he's just up in the other floors of Chicago Med like doing right and things. Holly's there too yeah I wonder whatever happened to Holly Maybe Holly and Natalie are secretly BFFs, pediatricians. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm just saying. Alec knows people on, you know, in this universe. Like, it's not that crazy to think that that happened. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. I'm trying to find the actor who plays Alec because I think he's on a new show. And, yeah, I think that this is correct. So, Alec Wilhite was played by Eric Heller. And if this is correct, because the pictures aren't really loading right now, I want to say Eric Heller is on Hannah on Amazon now. So. I don't even know what that is. So I would like him to come back. I, I don't know if he would, though, because he's busy. But um, it's it's an Amazon original is all you need to know, basically. I wonder, though, if at the end of the day, like, why none of these maybe they just wrote different characters for the backdoor pilot but like i wonder if it's because of like contracts and they just all got other shows and things and that's why they were never asked to be a part of the original one because kendra was kendra was in the backdoor pilot of med um but like i guess it was a contract thing 
Yeah, and I mean, at that time, I mean, again, I don't, I, I don't even think that med was something they were seriously considering. So, I mean, they probably just had these people kind of sign on for, you know, one episode or whatever, even though Alec had been recurring, you know? But I almost feel like, and Garrett, we can talk about this more, too, when we get to, like, the big, um, like, errata scene at the end. Mm-hmm. Um like, the fact that they gave them kind of so much time on their own, like, one-on-one. I mean, not a lot, but, like, a good amount of time. Like, you had some scenes, you know, that were just on Holly. You had some scenes that were just on Dr. Arata. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of was, like, a little weird to think that, like, they did that and then, like, never brought them back. Yeah. Really. Yeah. No, it's totally weird. Okay, so I just fact-checked myself, so let me let me fix this. Okay, it wasn't Liam. It was Leo Wilhite. I was close. Leo. And Alec Wilhite was played by Eric Hellman, not Heller. But I do think he's actually on Hannah on Amazon. I'm going to Google that to be sure. But, yeah, a lot of cool characters that we never got to know. I mean, Kendra came around occasionally, but Kendra was always around to just kind of be the pain in the ass. Because, you know, when, when she was she was responsible for determining if Will could stay after the DNR patient. And so Kendra she, was? Yeah, Kendra was around. In Med? Yeah. In the first season. God, I haven't seen season, season one of Med in so long. Um, I just, See, I just always associate Kendra with Shay. And, like, what Shay died, it was, like, not as much Kendra. I bar- See, I barely remember that with Kendra and Shay. See, I always think about Kendra being, like, Shay's lesbian friend. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Okay, yeah, Eric Hellman is not on Hannah. I was incorrect, but um, yeah, he's been in other stuff since. Anyway, yeah. Um, no, Kendra popped up briefly. I don't think we ever saw Arata again. We, I think we saw him like a couple more times, but I want to say we had seen him before this crossover. Uh, things I should have looked into, but yeah. Now I'm going to like IMTP this real quick. <laughs> Um, let's see. See, okay. If you go to the Chicago, like, wiki, the mm-hmm. one, sh- the Chicago franchise wiki, this says Arata is a doctor at Lakeshore. He's the chief tr- of trauma at Lakeshore. I'm just saying. <laughs> Where do these doctors work? Of- Let's see. He was portrayed by Dylan Baker. I'll have to go to Dylan's. But again, that's like a fan wiki. So like, don't hold that. I don't know, but. Let's see. Okay. He was on another episode of fire before that so he'd only been on one episode of fire and then the crossover oh interesting he had been on season two episode oh i know where i've seen him you know the episode where it's right after your favorite episode it's season two episode seven where they have that big train crash and like they're all like standing there and kind of oh yes i do he showed up on scene didn't he yeah, 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 yeah. He shows up on scene. Got it. So that's it. Okay. 
Fun fact. Huh. Anyway. We're learning so much on this dive back through memory lane. We are learning so much. Gina, do you want to take over again? Sure. So meanwhile, in the rubble, Casey and Severide finally find Gabby because Gabby is a casual badass. And even with a head wound and a possible concussion, she finds the wherewithal to basically bang two pipes together and get their attention. Casual Gabby and just doing casual Gabby things. Yeah. So great. So the iconic part of this isn't even when Casey and Dawson find each other. It's when Severide basically looks at her and he just goes, damn, Dawson, you look like hell. It's just a really sweet, like, friend moment between them. But this makes me wonder, just, you know, looking back on Dawson and Severide and their relationship and their friendship and everything, it makes me wonder how Dawson's leaving impacted Sev. Because I would imagine that it would be similar to Brett in that, you know, one of his close friends just up and ghosted, just up and left. So, I mean, the emotions that Brett feels about it, Severide's probably feeling too. It's just that Severide, Severide. So he's just going to be like, I'm fine. What? He just buries it. Well, so two things. One, I feel like he feels like that on some level, but he probably feels more emotions because of the fact that like, that was his best friend's wife and she left him. And so now he has to pick up the pieces for Casey Mm -hmm. of Casey. So like, I feel like Severide was more impacted on that level. I mean, granted, I'm sure he felt something, you know, that like she ghosted him and they were friends, but I feel like he feels it more because she ghosted Casey and that was his best friend. See, and I could see that being the reason why he buried his feelings about the whole thing, because he probably feels that the way he feels about her leaving is so not important compared to the way Casey feels. Right. It's also not soon after that that Benny dies and then Severide's world just kind of falls apart. So (laughs) he had bigger issues to be thinking about and dealing with. So, yeah. 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 It's interesting. Um, Uh, Yeah. So Severide's just like, we found Dawson. She's alive. And Yeah. Everyone just cheers like it's the Bears winning the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> it's great, it's though. It's, it made me smile when I rewatched it. I forgot about that. So it was good. It was yeah. sweet. Yay for them. So back inside the hospital, because we're kind of bouncing between the fire and the PD parts. But Kevin, naturally, is the first one to show up for Kim. Because partners, because this is when Bridgewater, they're still partners besties and the best and yeah it's perfect it's perfect because i mean poor burgess is just beside herself and kevin's just the perfect best friend and partner and he just tells her he's like you gotta believe you just gotta believe and then he just lets her cry on his shoulder okay so confession time though so when i first watched this show like i because i binged this so i was binging this so i went and i was watching fire first but i knew that this was like a crossover so i went and just watched this episode of pd like as i was watching fire i like watched the first half of fire and then i went and watched like the 8 30 part mm-hmm. but i hadn't really seen any other pd since so like i didn't really know who atwater was and like i didn't really know who burgess was like i kind of had some idea but like didn't really know so definitely though in this moment i was like is this a ship? Is this something I'm supposed to be shipping? Cause like I could kind of see that. And, but like, now I'm like looking back, I'm like, no, that's stupid. Like they're just BFF goals. But like having no context really to who they were, I was like, Oh, this is like, I could be into this. Like, this is kind of a, okay. Like that is so cool. funny. <laughs> yeah. 
No, they're just straight up BFF goals. Right. And now I'm like, oh, that was stupid, Brian. I wouldn't, like, why would you ever think that? But, like, in the moment, I was like, oh, no, they're actually kind of cute. Like, this is okay. Okay. So good. So good. So after that happens, we're getting towards the end of the fire portion. So I, I love that. I mean, again, this is the first ever crossover, right? So maybe the transitions aren't as smooth as we see now, right? But this was so perfect because when it's time for the PD portion, the Chrysler just kind of casually rolls up on scene, lights, sirens, everything, all the doors open, and out comes all the members of intelligence. And they're just kind of, they're like, it's our turn now. Like, we here, we're here to save the day. It's the kind of intro that you need like WWE style entrance music too. It's perfect. Well, and it would have worked so well on like when Chicago Wednesday. Like the fact that this, like thinking back that like these were on two separate nights is like, oh, this fully does not work as well. But like this would have worked really well on when Chicago Wednesday. Did this air saying. on two separate nights? Yeah, hasn't PD and Fire never aired on the same night before until... No, but I want to say for crossovers, they used to do like two hour episodes, but. Oh, well, then maybe it did. I don't know. I didn't check that far. I just assumed they they didn't air on the same night. For some reason, I feel like this aired on the same night, but I think I might be wrong. Hang on. Let me see if I can find the details here. So, okay. Original air date of the PD portion was April 30th, 2014. Let me come into the fire episode here and see what I can find. April 30th, 2014. 2.20. No, you're right. It was two two separate nights. Yeah. So it ended crazy. With, so crazy. Yeah. So it basically ended with Shay collapsing, and then we had to wait until the next night to see what happened. Yeah, I'm glad we have Chicago Wednesday now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Wild. But everybody gets out of this SUV, and I mean, again, we are back in the old days because not only is Aaron there, Al is there, Jin is there. And Sumner. Sumner Crazy. Like, wow. We're still in the early days where really the only person on PD who has died is Jules. And everybody's alive and happy for the most part. But yeah. TBT. It's a big time TBT. Yeah. TBT to a much simpler time in life. Way, way simpler. Way simpler. So Bowden basically gives them the lowdown on what they know. You know, who dismantled the bomb? We did. And then Bowden just says, like, wait, you know, animals did this. Um, also, what what is what is Ruzik wearing? What is he wearing? Refresh my memory. I, it's like just what it's like early plaid, but it's just like a terrible plaid. It's not like a good plaid. It's just, you know, like the early Ruzik days of him dressing. They were not good. <laughs> was he wearing like the tan pants that he always wear? He was wore back then. Not in the scene that I'm thinking of. I'll have to find it, but like, it's not good. I also liked how when like these are the old days when he had the crazy like hair that would like the the floofy hair that would kind of like slanted in one direction. Yes. Yeah. Yes, like the bed hair like didn't clearly brush it. Like it did not give any fucks about his appearance. It's just it's so bad. It's but it's so good though too. It's baby Ruzik, baby baby Ruzik. Um, also TBT to Linzeride because Lindsay and Severide are definitely a thing in this crossover. Yeah. And this is like only like one little bit, but like we get it way more at the end of the PD portion, but this is just like them talking and it's just like, oh man, yeah, that was a thing. I completely forgot. Yeah. Completely forgot that they were a thing in this episode. Like I didn't forget that they were a thing. I just forgot that it was in this crossover. TBT. 
And I mean, there's still a portion of the fandom that is ride or die Linderide. Hey, I mean, you do you. I mean, I, I like them for what they were. We'll get into this more towards the end of the episode, the, the PD portion. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, Void and Antonio, they crush the FBI's briefing meeting. Basically, they're pursuing the ambassador angle. And then there's also an orderly who has ties to a radical Muslim group. Now, is this after basically the FBI director is like, Voight, you're going to secure the perimeter and you're going to do all this stuff. And Voight's like, no, this is my city. Don't get in my way. He basically like lays out the terms. Yeah. Voight is like very, very brash in these days. It's great. Yeah, it's like the same thing. It's like in all in that same scene. So, um, yeah. But yeah. This happened in my city, on my soil. Like, he's just very territorial. It's also just, like, Voight literally, like, Voight and Antonio at one point in this scene, too, like, give each other a look, like, the fuck? This is what we're doing? Like, we're going so simple to be like, oh, yeah, this is terrorism. Like, he's like, no, we don't stoop to that level. (laughs) Like, we start looking at everything. We don't just automatically assume that, like, an ambassador was here. It's probably terrorism. Yeah. Yeah. Just... The unit's always, like, like, two steps ahead of everyone else. Yeah. It's good. It's good. But Lindsay lets everyone know, you know, Burgess was on the scene when it happened. Her niece is hurt. It doesn't look good. So everyone goes to visit her because squad goals. Hello. And we get the best baby Burzik hug ever. Baby Burzik forever. I literally forgot about that hug until you posted the gif on her Twitter. And I was like, "Oh, oh, my God. And you know it was, like, a damn good hug, too. Like, Ruzik squeezes her. Like, it's a good hug. Right. And he, like, practically skips. Not that there was a line forming to, like, give Burgess hugs. But, like, you know, they were, like they all come in. And so they all kind of just naturally form this line to, like, hug her, pat her on the chest, like, back, whatever they're going to do. And he, like, practically skips the line that had been forming to, like, hug her. Yep. Yep. But they weren't. They hadn't kissed yet, right? Like, that's in the finale? No, um, yeah, it was the season one finale. That's when he shows up at her door and is like, I like you. Yeah, they hadn't kissed yet. Right. I wonder, had they had beers yet, though? Because you remember how she kissed him that night that they had or they had beers? And she was like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Yeah. I'm just, that might have happened. I don't remember what episode that was. Because at this point, they're still just friends like they're still putting the foundation of their relationship in place yeah it like hurts my heart though to see this hug and this scene and everything and then you know there have been reruns on p there's pretty much reruns of pd on like every night on different channels or whatever and the other night i caught a rerun and it was uh 210 when burgess is shot and like for them to go from all of that cuteness to what they are now where you know marina says that burgess is basically numb to him it sucks yeah. The worst. It really is, though. It's the worst. I mean, they were so cute in the day and just. It was a different show back then. Way different. Way different. So yeah. Jin comes in because, again, Jin is still around. <laughs> That's not a phrase I say often on the podcast. Jin comes in um, and basically tells them they got prints off the second bomb, belongs to a guy named Paul Watts. Also, apparently, the second bomb was set to go off at 8.30 p.m., so the bomber kind of screwed up. So Voight kind of gathers the team around, and he kind of drops his slogan. He's like, we're going to ask for forgiveness today, not permission. And everybody's like, that sounds fun. Let's roll. Um, It's kind of his slogan, the way he's always kind of operated. 
but yeah, yeah it's just like that's just like such a classic Boyd line and I'm like oh right that happened in this crossover like wow TBT yeah big time big time so intelligence shows up to Watts's address and they find his body but it is not a suicide it is not um, Watts was basically trolling anti-government groups and so they pull names that he had contact with and Al recognizes one of them as Vaughn who was there in the hospital so when Aaron confronts him she gets held at knife point and this is another iconic moment that I forgot was in this crossover like yeah casual so yeah the guy basically holds a knife to her throat Lindsay's chill she's like well this sucks but Mills and Cruz are the one who come to her rescue it's so great. It is so great. It's so great. So Cruz distracts him and then Mills like whacks him over the head with like an axe or something. I still can't tell what he whacks him with. I don't know, but it's great. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. And it basically just allows Aaron to disarm him. And then Mills is like, you know, bring him to any firehouse in the city. We'll just take five minutes. Like just squad. Love it. One big universe squad. The best. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Voigt take him away. And then, yeah, they basically slap the information out of him. And when I say slap, I mean Voigt basically beats the shit out of him. And the guy's in the room and he's like, I demand medical attention. And Voigt's like, whoosh. Well, and then at one point, too, like, Al, like, Al goes with Voight and, like, takes him in. But Al's just, like, standing outside, like, eating a banana or something like that. Like, casual Al things. It's just so great. I'm so surprised nobody on Tumblr has ever made that gift set of the parallels of, like, Al standing outside eating fruit and then Adam standing outside eating fruit after Al dies. (laughs) I've never thought about that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm really surprised that nobody's made that gift set. If I knew how to make gifts, I would. But it's oh probably gosh. for the best that I don't learn because then all my productivity will be sucked out the window. Yeah, you're never going to want to record. You'll be like too busy making gifts. Come yeah. back later. Yep. Yep. Gina, you ready to record? Let me finish this gift set. <laughs> probably for the best <laughs> that I don't learn. But yeah. yeah. So meanwhile, Shay has been out like a light. Um, she finally wakes up. And of course, of course, Severide is right there waiting because best friend goals. This is, like, such a great scene, too. It really, really is. And Sev's just, like, like, he's he was worried, but, like, he's not even worried when she wakes up. He's just, like, so you weren't going to tell anybody about the gash on your side? And she's just, like, yeah, I had to keep going. And he's, like, I know, but, you know, not anymore. And he kisses her hand and just, it's so sweet. And, like, Severide was so, he's so different with Shay. Like, I, I haven't seen him be the way he was with Shay with anyone else since she died. No, it was such a different kind of, I mean, it was, it was love in a different way. It wasn't romantic love, obviously, but like it was love and it's just like, yeah, he's never gotten there. He's like really nurturing towards her. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that is the person he cared about most in the world, like ever. And we've said it before. Even today, like, yeah, he cares about Stella, but like is not the same as Shay. No, not at all. And I, I, we've said it before, and I'll still stand by it, but Shay was the love of his life. Yeah, this one's, not in a romantic sense, but Shay was the love of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else has brought that side out of him. No. <sighs> Poor went up for Shay. Oh, for real. I know, I know. I don't know, he was just so, like, comfortable around her in a different way than he is around Stella. 
And yeah. even, even Anna. It was just it's just different relationships. Like he wanted to protect Shay. I mean, he also wanted to protect Anna, but it was just different. I was just about to say, I think Anna's maybe Stella and Anna were completely different. Those were romantic loves, but they were completely different. Mm-hmm. I think Anna's maybe the one he got closest to or closest to Shay in that sense because of the protective nature. Like he wanted to do everything he could to save Anna and to help Anna out because mm-hmm. he loved her, whatever. I don't know if we're calling it love, but like he definitely felt something about her. Mm-hmm. Um, he cared for her in that way. So Anna's, I think, the closest he's ever gotten to that. But like it's still not Shay. Right, and nobody will ever be Shay. Right, and that doesn't mean that he and Stella can't have a great an relationship and an epic love, but it's different than Shay. Mm-hmm. Right. Which it's just different. Casually breaks my heart that she was taken from him so soon. Yeah, I know. I like on the one hand because I've been slowly, very slowly binging Lucifer. It's just kind of like when I need something to watch, like that's what I've been watching. And, like, on the one hand, I know that we wouldn't have gotten that if she hadn't left the show. But on the other hand, I'm like, but I want Shay on fire for forever. I know. I know. I mean, it's it's just funny to imagine, I mean, how different Severide would be if she were still around. I mean, Severide and Anna would probably still happen. Severide and Stella would still happen. But I feel like Kelly would be a little bit more grounded well, and the entire Benny storyline would be completely different from this season. I think he still would have withdrawn from Stella, but Shay would not have let him withdraw from her. Right. Shay would have been like, cut the crap. Mm-hmm. Like, like, get it yourself together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been very different. Poor went out for Shay. Poor went out for Shay. So sad. Okay, so Vaughn basically tells the PD kids that he was connected to Ted Powell. Vaughn and Watts were supposed to set up car bombs that were supposed to go off that night. One at 8, the other at 8.30. Watts screwed up. Which is why he died. Which is why he died, yes. This is why we can't have nice things. So it was originally set to get the the CFD and the CPD brass at this gala. And then the first responders. Very Hunger Games-like in the last movie, which basically... Yeah. You know how the capital like the capital drops the bombs and they drop more bombs to get the first responders like that. Um you've never seen The Hunger Games, have you? No, I had no interest in it. It's actually pretty I mean, good. I know. I tried reading the first book. It was fine. I didn't finish it though. I, yeah, I really liked it. Um I thought it was really good. Better than Twilight. Yeah, I said it. Um but elsewhere. So, Antonio runs into Casey and this scene like, it's good, but it also bugs the crap out of me because they're basically, like, running past each other. And Antonio's like, oh, Casey, while you're here, why don't you tell me how my sister's doing? Which, like, it's halfway through the episode, okay? Frankly, when that S- when that SUV rolled up and the doors opened, Antonio should have been the first one out of that door. And his first line should have been, where's my sister? But the thing is, though, okay, yeah, it annoys the crap out of me, too. But, like... He honestly might not have known. Like, how was he supposed to know that, like, Gabby was running a race? Like, he may not have known that Gabby was running the race or, like, running registration. I I would like to think that he knew that she was down there with Casey. That's true, though. But he he might not have. Hmm. 
But, like, it still drives me nuts. Like, yeah. Like, on the one hand, I'm like, was this just him finding out? Because, like, he seemed kind of nonchalant about it. But, like, it kind of makes sense. But it's also weird. Yeah, that that scene is just a little odd. And then Casey's like, she's home. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Like, what? What? I don't know. I just, to this day, I'm like, <laughs> that scene should have gone so much differently. Like, he should have burst out of that SUV and, that SUV and been like, where the fuck is my sister? But yeah. whatever. Now he doesn't even know that she's in Puerto Rico. Maybe he's going to join her. I don't know. That's the only acceptable headcanon for how Antonio goes away. Antonio goes to, goes with Gabby to Puerto Rico? It's the only acceptable one. Yeah. He gets clean. He goes to Puerto Rico to be with his sister and get clean and do some good. I actually would really like that. It's the only accept. I've just now decided it's the only acceptable thing. That just happened. Yep. We, we've made that decision. Mm-hmm. Does, is he the one who killed Kelton in that headcanon? Who killed Kelton? Voight. Okay. Yeah, that's acceptable. I like that. Not Upton. Like the Instagram, PD Instagram. <laughs> what was <laughs> that? <laughs> I mean, my guess is because, like, she's the only one that wasn't actually at um, the house. So, like, I guess theoretically she could have killed Kelton, but, like, Upton did not kill Kelton. That made me laugh so hard. If that I mean, happens, if watch that happen though in the fall and they were like teasing us this whole time, I will be shook. But Upton killing Kelton does nothing to get Ruzi out of jail, does it? I don't think so, but like watch it happen and I will be shook to my core. No, same, same. And I mean, there like, goes Upstead. Also, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, basically today being Wednesday on Chicago PD's Instagram, they posted like a set of four pictures and were like, which one do you think killed Kelton? One, two or three or four? And it's like, of course, the obvious suspects, Voight, Brennan, Antonio, and then the fourth one's Upton and Gina texted me and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? But I mean, of so, course, yeah. when they post ridiculous things like that, I've got to think it through and that would do nothing to get Ruzik out of jail. Ruzik's, Ruzik was arrested for hiding the evidence and even if Kelton is dead, that evidence is still there. I, it I doesn't. Yeah, it does nothing. I'm going to hurt myself if I keep thinking about this. No, we've got all summer. Don't worry about it now. <laughs> so, yeah. Brenda, would you like to take over again? Yeah. So basically, Jen finds a post that Ted Powell made on a fringe anti-government website. And it's basically a video of him declaring war on the CFD and CPD because of his history where his there was like a shootout at their ranch and his mom ended up dying at the hands of the CPD and his father went to jail. And so that's why this whole thing is happening because it's been 10 years and CFD or CPD is not apologized and Ted Powell is pissed. So basically intelligence is up going to the garage of someone who was working with Powell thinking there might be some clues there. And this requires Halstead and Ruzik to repel in. And when they're up on the roof, like, looking at the window, there's, like, a really just funny exchange here. And Ruzik's like, what happens if the plaster falls in and set off the bomb? And then Halstead's like, well, you'll be the first to know. And it's just like, <laughs> don't, Ruzik. Like, what kind of stupid-ass question was that? Um, 
I also just really love how when Voight asks for another volunteer to rappel in, like everyone just raises their hand. Like, what a squad. I know, the best squad. I also love when Ruzik raises his hand and he's like, just took the class of the Academy, aced it, and he goes for the high five, but Aaron's like, no, no. And he's like, never mind. <laughs> like, baby Ruzik. Never mind, I won't go, yeah. Um, it's just, uh, like, nobody, you know, everyone's all in. It's just, what a squad. And so while they're in there, they basically find out that there was a third, three timing devices purchased. And that so there's, that means there's probably a third bomb ready to go off somewhere in what they think is a white cargo van because they also found a receipt for a white cargo van that was purchased. So then after they figure, they do some thinking and they figure out that it's probably going to be at headquarters because that's where this gal is being held. And so they end up finding the van that contains the bomb. And so Sumner stays with the van to help wait for the bomb team to dismantle it. And everyone else goes after Powell because they see somebody moving across across the street on the roof. And from previous instances, they know that Powell likes to be around to watch his work. So this is honestly, though, I think one of their best chase sequences that happens. Because like, yeah. it starts with Jay and Lindsay going up after him, and then it goes with Al and Ruzik and Antonio, and then Voight at the end. Um, but it's just, like, high intensity, and even after having watched it so many times, like, it still just gives me chills in, like, the best way. Like, yeah. I love that whole scene. It's really good. And, I mean, it's just the the old school, like, the old feel of, like, the early days of the show. Like, you just, it's it's quintessential. Like, there's just, like, the tight shots, and then, like, just... There's a lot happening, whereas the chase scenes now are they're almost kind of like linear. They're just like, here's the car driving, and then here's a shot of so and so driving, or you know, so and so behind the wheel. I think also because there's this whole idea of the bomb, and like if you don't like, they only have like five minutes or however much time they have by the time like the bomb team arrives. So they're chasing Powell, and they only have so much. But that's also happening at the same time as like they only have you know, five minutes to dismantle this bomb. Mm-hmm. And so that obviously gives like a countdown effect. And so it like speeds up the pressure. I don't know. It's just something about it just really works. Like I just, I love the sequence. Yeah. It's really, really good. I also just really love how Voight gives no fucks and goes right after Powell, after Lindsay and Halstead have been like having the shootout after with him. They're like hiding behind boxes and things like that. And then Voight just like slams open the door and is like, bam, bam, and, like, gets foul. It's, it's so, so great. great. Yeah, they're, like, they're all trying to be by the book, and then Voight's just, like, I want him alive, and just, like, one arm, just, yeah. Right, yeah, and classic Voight arm, too. Voight does his, like, one arm shooting when everyone else shoots with two arms. I really still don't understand why Voight shoots one arm, but okay, that's what Voight does. Just, um, just, yeah. Yeah. Old school. And then, of course, yeah. Voight beats the shit out of him because, yeah. you know. And, like, hangs him over the roof to, like, see Sumner, like, radio to them that they dismantled the bomb. It's so great. Oh, my God. And it's so old school, boy. Like, he doesn't really do that anymore, but it's just so beautifully old school. So do we ever find out what happened with the third device? He got dismantled. No, Mills dismantled the first one. And then the van is the second one, isn't it? Well, the third one blew up. Is what blew up the hospital. Duh, Gina. <laughs> I am yeah. so smart. S-M-R-T. Yeah. I knew that. No. So, yeah. They did all three. They did do all three. Because, yeah. 
the last one was the bonus bomb. Duh, Gina. <sighs> yeah. So that's pretty much it, except so back at the hospital, Alec couldn't end up saving Imogene, like we said. She's alive but brain dead. Holly ends up getting in contact with her parents and recommends they take her off life support, and her father ends up saying, like, I know Imogene would want to donate, so we're going to do it. Also, like I said earlier, Imogene's parents do not look old, old enough to also be, like, Holly's parents. Yeah, I agree. They look like they could all be siblings. Right. Like, it's just weird. The casting on that whole family was weird. <laughs> Correct. And also, like, why, why, why make Imogene her sister? What, you want to kill off someone's daughter when you're never going to follow up on it? Well, it's not that I want to kill off the daughter. I just, it, the whole weird casting thing is, like... I think they were trying to relate on some level to, like, the Burgess Zoe part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, someone who's related to you but not your direct person. So, like, you have to deal with, like, I don't know really what to do in this situation. I don't, like, this is not my child. Like, I don't really know how to give consent for this. Like, I can't really give consent for this. Like, I, you know. True. I think maybe that's where they're trying to create that parallel, but I could be wrong. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But basically, so they end up direct donating the liver to Zoe. And so one of the things that, I, again, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, how, like, they spent not a ton of time, but, like, enough significant time one-on-one -on -one with these characters, or really just Arata and Holly. Because, um, like, such an underrated scene in this whole thing is when Arata's operating on Zoe and giving her Imogen's liver, and he has that whole thing where he's, like, talking about, like, his medical background or whatever, and he's, like, it's days like today where I understand, like, why that surgeon did that. You know, this is the life we've chosen, and what we can do is right here, right now. It's the most important thing, and that is to try and save that little girl. And that's kind of why I thought, like, it's kind of weird that we didn't go from these characters to the med, at least the backdoor pilot. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just so, it's so weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's just, it's all weird. But the episode basically ends with everyone at 21 and Kelly, because we'll get that to that in a second, waiting in the waiting room for an update on Zoe. And, you know, Arata comes out and is basically like, it's going to be a long road ahead, but she'll survive. And Kelly. I love it. Yeah. And then we get this random Aaron and Kelly makeout scene at the very, very end because Kelly comes over to Aaron's apartment. And they have a little sexy time. <laughs> and so they have sexy time. And basically, they're in bed together. And Aaron's like, stay tonight. After today, I... And then Severa's like, I'm not going anywhere. And it's just like, okay. Okay, so in the almost two years that we've been doing this podcast now, I don't think we've ever spoken about Lindsay and Severide, ever. Very... If we have, it's very been very brief. I understand why they put these two characters together. I almost feel like they, they had to, given how similar they are to each other. Almost to kind of go through the yeah. motions and get it out of the way. I didn't hate them. Just, you know, I was just like, okay, this is what's happening. Yeah, I just felt like they kind of had to. like, And I feel like maybe they've kind of touched on it too. That like, oh yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the two hot people. Like we have to try this. But then I think they ultimately kind of fell prey to what broke up in or broke up Bretonio. Like it's just hard to do 
to cross like a crossover ship. Right, and she broke up with him after Shay died. But right, yeah, but I think that like they kind of ultimately broke them up in that situation because it's probably too hard to deal with a crossover ship. Right, right. But I understand why they did it. I mean, those characters were so similar. They they had to. Yeah, and I were. just like. I mean, they were fine. I mean, I, I never, like, really shipped them. I always was, like, full steam ahead on Jay and Aaron and Severide and God knows who. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, Severide I never, like, was, of the like, week. yeah, like, you know, they were fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just kind of was like, this is whatever. I'm just going to kind of ride this out. I didn't hate them. I was just kind of like, okay, this is happening. This is a thing. But they weren't yeah. a bad ship. You know, they were good. I don't know. It was just... Fun. I always they got a fun. good laugh out of the crossover that happened later on when Severide's car was involved in that accident. And Jay was like, I know you've got history with him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Jay, if you knew anything about the early seasons of these shows, you would know that they were together for a minute. Like, yeah, it was not long. Yeah. And, like, even then, the time that they spent together... It really didn't mean much. I could basically, like, make a cup of coffee on my Keurig in the time that Severide and Lindsay were together. That might even be longer than the time that Severide and Lindsay were together. Yeah, it was not long at all. Not at all. But, yeah. So, any other notes on the crossover? No, I think that's it. I mean, I think this was a really good, solid first crossover. Like, this kind of paved the way for the crazy big ones that we get now. Yeah, no, I mean, I really, I still go back. I mean, even before we decided we were going to do this, like, this is a, like, crossover that I go back and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it. And now we know that it was indeed Med that was bombed, not Lakeshore. <sighs> Which, like, I still have issues with, but I, know. I will never get it. it it's Lakeshore. I, I refuse to accept that that was Med. And Dossie was dating, not even engaged for the first time. They were dating still. Like, you're telling me? That Med got blown up twice in a year. Yep. How the fuck did they even have time to rebuild that? Yep. Actually, no. Actually, no. They probably didn't even have time. That's not even the emergency department. So they probably hadn't even rebuilt that half of Med when the emergency department blew up. Yep. <laughs> All correct. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, the uh, the around, like, the backside of Chicago Med that we don't see, like, still in pieces, and then the ED goes and blows up. I really want to, I really would love to one day ask Derek to talk about Lakeshore. Like, I just, I need some, like, more information on Lakeshore. <laughs> we could write a whole prequel on Lakeshore, just to get the, get the history of Lakeshore. I just, yeah, I need more information on Lakeshore. Like, why did they go with Lakeshore? And then why didn't they just use Lakeshore as Med? Like, why did they need to feel the need to, like, have Med be its own hospital then? So many questions. Like, I have so many questions about Lakeshore. <laughs> so many. I also love the last, the very, very last scene of this whole crossover when Void and Al and Antonio are at the scene of the blast, basically, and it's, like, oh, nighttime. Yes. Yeah. And basically Antonio hands them coffee and he's like, Chicago will bounce back. And Voight just looks and he's like, she always does. Like, that's another thing, Ship, is Voight in Chicago. Oh my God. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So, so good. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is the very first Chicago Fire Chicago PD crossover. So good. So good. Anyway, so it's been a minute again. So we're just going to remind you of where to find us. I usually say you know where to find us, but it's been a little bit. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything, meetusatmollies at gmail.com. Especially during the summer, we are watching a lot of other things and we're just kind of soaking up the TV any which way we can get it. I watched What If on Netflix. That was really good. I'm working on Veronica Mars right now. What are you watching right now, Brenna? Oh, God, what am I watching? Um, Good Trouble, of course. Um, Bachelorette, hello. Hello. Tyler C is... Like the ultimate goals. Um, All I know about this season of Bachelorette is that Luke P is bad. He's the worst. Tyler C is like, he's the literal the best. Um, Really, so really into the Bachelorette. In the dark airs, the finale tomorrow being Thursday because we're recording this on Wednesday, and I've really enjoyed that. Like, really, really enjoyed that. Um, The CW show, Ben Stiller, executive produced it. I really thought it was going to be canceled, but they got renewed somehow. Um, and it's been really good. I've really enjoyed that. That's probably like been a big surprise for me. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm starting Big Brother. I trying That's a weird Big Brother start. I only am watching because one of my favorite Broadway people is on it this season. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to support Tommy. So like, I got to give it a chance. Hmm. It's fine. I'm only going to watch as long as Tommy's on, but like, you know, the point being is that we watch a ton of other stuff, especially during the summer. So if you guys want to talk about that or really anything, just email us anytime. It's me to Molly's at gmail.com. If you like the show, which we really, really hope you do, please, please, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would so greatly appreciate that. So greatly appreciate that. Um, otherwise, yeah, so we're working on the schedule for the rest of the month. We'll keep you up to date on Twitter. Just kind of keep an eye out. And otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Bye.